going to read one scripture. Song of Solomon, chapter 1 and verse 1. The song of songs, which is Solomon's. You may be seated. I have a question for you this morning. Are you in love? Are you in love? I never preached much from the book of the Song of Solomon. It's, it's a song of love. A love story extraordinaire. And so I want us to take a look today and uh, hopefully with understanding the Song of Solomon has a key to it. And it is a recounting. It is, if I could put it, that, put it this way, it's the Bible's lover's lane. Now, I, I want to just say something about love. I was thinking about this this morning, and uh, I, I want to talk to you about the natural for just a minute before we talk about the spiritual. You know, when you're in love with someone, there are things that in the beginning are an attraction to you that cause you to fall in love. Perhaps it's beauty, perhaps it's personality or characteristics, perhaps it's things that you have in common, maybe it's family, but there are things that cause you to fall in love. But in the interim, there are things that will cause that love to be tested. And 10 years and 20 years and 30 years into that saga of love in your life, things change. And what once attracted you to one another perhaps is gone. But when that happens, your love will be tested. You see, love surpasses circumstances. Love surpasses situations. Love surpasses cosmetics. You see, there's one thing that I found out in life is that gravity always wins. Amen. <laughs> Brother Kevin, I don't look the same as I did when I was 19. And I can't do what I used to do when I was 19. What, what do you mean, Bishop? I'm trying to tell you that if you are truly in love, there are some things that you must understand you know, I found out about being in love. Love makes you go places that you don't want to go. It makes you do things that you don't want to do. And it even makes you say things that you don't want to say. Oh, uh, you're not going to help me right now. I'll start preaching in a minute. But I'm trying to ask you, I'm trying to ask you the question today. Are you in love? Because you see, love overlooks mistakes love overlooks shortcomings love overlooks expectations that don't come to pass ah hallelujah are you in love today I want to ask somebody today just what is it that is the driving force in your relationship with your God. What is it today that causes you to make your way to the house of God? What is it today that causes you to say, no matter what I've got to go through, no matter what I've got to face, uh, I'm still in love with the Master. Let me get back to my text. 
There are three acts to this drama. There are two main characters in the book. The Shulamite woman and the shepherd. And I might just tell you, if you feel like maybe you're falling out of love, sit down and read the book of the Song of Solomon. Man, I know how to quiet a crowd. There are two main characters. The Shulamite woman who is rich, but she lost her estate. And the shepherd. The first challenge of the book of Solomon is to first notice who's speaking. Sometimes it's the shepherd and sometimes it's the Shulamite. And in Act 1, they meet and they're lighthearted. And it's incredible to me some of the description that is there. But it is love at first sight. They spend the night of courtship making comparisons so they can remember each other because of a soon absence. I feel like telling somebody that if you are in love, even when it doesn't feel like he's there, when it doesn't feel like he's listening, uh, come on somebody, there's something in your heart that says, I know you're there because you said you'd never leave me. You'd never forsake me. You'd go with me to the end of the world. When I feel alone, when I feel forsaken, I've got a lover whose name is Jesus. So we find... Him describing the Shulamite woman. He said, you got teeth like a sheep. Hair as goat's hair. And a neck like the Tower of David. Man, that'd make me fall in love. (laughs) The Shulamite woman is a type of Israel and of the church. And the shepherd is a type of God dealing with Israel and the church. Let me tell you something. When your love is tested, his is not. You said it this morning, Brother Stephen. His love is unconditional. Amen. Even when we don't live up to what he expects us to, he still loves us. Oh, come on, somebody. Even when we things don't turn out like he thought they would or he expected them to, he still loves us enough that he won't forsake us and he's going to love us right back to him. Now, it's important to notice today that if Adam and Eve would have kept their first estate, there never would have been a time of weeping or pain. Or death, but they lost their first estate and fell from affluence to poverty. You see, you may think you can do without God, but you'll find out quickly when you depart from Him, you can't make it without Him. I wish somebody'd help me right here. I I want you to understand very well today that I know because I've tried it, Brother Miller. I know I can't make it without him in my life. Ah, I can't make it without relationship with him. Not just on Wednesday night and Sunday morning and Sunday night. But my love for him says I need him every day. I need to hear from him and he needs to hear from me. And when that doesn't happen, bad things are destined to happen. Bring your microscope with me this morning. And let's look at millenniums in a moment. An ocean in a drop. In one moment's time, 
God was mistrusted and distrusted. In one moment's time, Eden's gate was closed and sin's door was flung open. It don't take long if the enemy can catch you outside of the ark of safety. Come on. Before he can do great damage. How many people have you seen who walked in the presence of the Lord? Who loved God and he loved them but found themselves walking out of his will. And when they make their way back to the house of God, you can't even tell who they are. That's what the devil wants to do if he can catch you outside of the relationship that you need to have with God He wants to destroy your soul to hell. So in a moment's time, sin's gate was flung open. We can see the effects in the still face of righteous Abel. Drunken Noah. Egypt's bondage. A serpent in the wilderness that all happened because of a momentary decision to say, I love that more than I love you. But the good news is, Jesus came. To atone. To bring at one meant atonement to teach us it is better to have faith than doubt. To seek than to shun. To love than to hate. He came to be the mediator. The Bible said there is one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. He came where we are so we can be where he is. Somebody ought to be thankful for that. This isn't the end of life. There's a better one waiting on the other side. And Jesus came to make it all possible. It was his love that drove him to this earth. It ought to be our love that drives us into his presence. That says I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm going to love you until the end of my life. John says... In the first chapter of John, in the beginning was the Word. The Word for Word is the Greek word logos. It means, among other things, idea. Now watch this. If I have an idea, it can never be known until I set it down in a book. The book is the manifestation of the idea. Jesus is God's idea manifested in the flesh. Jesus was God and man. In Him, hear me, in Him, There was divine wisdom, but it was cradled in a human brain. Divine power, but it was there, but it moved in a human arm. Divine love was there, but it beat in a human heart. The infant dependent on his mother's care is the God who gave power to draw water from the sea and from him the moon derived its power over the tides. 
the lad toddling about the carpenter shop of Nazareth playing in the sawdust on the floor is the God who stood at the head of creation. The child curling wood shavings created the trees from which the wood came. The child learning to talk spoke the world into existence. child who grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man is the God who knows all things. He who was hungry was the living bread. He who was thirsty was the living water. The very attributes that make Jehovah God, Jesus also claims God is omnipotent. Jesus said, all power in heaven and in earth belong to me. God is omniscient. The woman at the well said, come see a man that tells me all things. So is Jesus omnipresent. God is omnipresent. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name. I've got a feeling we're not the only folk gathered in his name this morning. But he's here just as much as he's there, wherever that is. So is Jesus before Abraham was. I am. God is immutable. He never changes. The writer said Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. I don't think I have to tell you, but maybe I could just reiterate it. Jesus was God in the flesh. I'll I'll preach to you in a minute. We can know God in the flesh through Jesus Christ. Have you ever noticed how partial God is to shepherds? God's always been partial to shepherds. Look at how many men who were greatly used of God who were also shepherds. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, The teacher of wisdom in Ecclesiastes. The writer of the 23rd Psalm. Abraham. Jacob. Moses. Keeping Jethro's sheep. Amos. To mention a few. But Jesus was the great shepherd. He was the one that the 23rd Psalm talked about. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, wait a minute. Where are you going, Bishop? I'm asking you, are you in love? Because if you are in love, you're in love with the one that David's writing about. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means whatever's going on in your life right now, if you don't have it and you think you need it, It's not from God because the Bible said the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He knows exactly what you need today. Come on somebody. He knows exactly where you are right now. If you're in love with him, you got to trust him enough to know that wherever you are in your life is exactly where he wants you to be. And he's right there with you. David said, he leadeth me beside still water. He maketh me. He prepares And I like this part. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me 
all the days. Oh, but wait a minute. Preacher, you don't know what I'm going through right now. I might not know what you're going through, but what I can tell you is if you'll just turn and look. I said if you'll just turn and look, the one that loves you, goodness and mercy is following you, and it will follow you. I'm telling you, the devil is a liar, and God is true. You're going to make it. You will make it. God will see you through because goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. The Lord is so concerned and He cares so much for all of us. When Marie Antoinette was on her way to become queen. Orders were given that all the sick and infirmed ones were moved from the roads where she would pass. How glad I am that no such commands were given when the Lord passed along any road. Because you see... The waysides were always strong with sufferers who came or were brought in the hope that they might be healed. Now listen to me right here. Many of his miracles were performed as he passed by. I come to tell somebody he's walking up and down the aisles of this sanctuary this morning. It may not feel like may not appear as though that he's here but I'm telling you he's here right now and just the mere passing by don't you miss his passing by don't you miss his coming by your way just reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by this morning you'll leave here with healing you'll leave here with determination you'll leave here with answers because just him Passing by is enough. Tell your neighbor, he's enough. Oh, what a savior. He was oppressed with hunger. He's living. He is the living and celestial bread. He was parched with thirst, but he cried aloud, If anyone thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he promised to be a fountain unto believers. He was weary, but he was the rest to those that are weary and heavy laden. He was weighed down with sleep, but he walked lightly on the wave and he rebuked the winds and he bare up Peter from the rolling billows. And this is what the one that I'm trying to get you to fall in love with today would say to you, if you are thirsty, I will be your drink. If you are hungry, I will be your food. If you are weary, I will be your rest. The Lord is alone worthy to be worshipped as our God. I wonder if somebody here right now would worship our God, would you worship Him right now and thank Him because He loved us enough. He loved us enough to come to be with us so that we can go be with Him. <laughs> come on, somebody ought to be thankful for that right now. 
He was born in the denial of the laws of life. Yet he died in the defiance of the laws of death. He was the Lord of the law. Yet he was the ideal sacrifice. He was the master of suffering. He was the intellectual of all intellectuals. He was the purest heart this sinful world has ever known. I want to tell you, I love him. <laughs> uh, there's not and never was nor ever will be a miracle as strange as the life of Jesus the Christ. He was the miracle. Explain him. There's no difficulty with any lesser wonder. Christ alone is the perfect ideal. A Jewish peasant with an instinctive conviction said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Centuries have only confirmed and brought to light the tribute of the life of Jesus Christ. No one has yet discovered the word which Jesus ought not to have said. None suggested a better word that he might have said. In fact, the Bible said there's not enough books to contain everything that he could have said. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you right now, no matter what your situation is, no matter what your circumstance is, he's got a word. I said he's got a word for it. He's going to pick you up and turn you around. Set your feet on solid ground. He's going to give you direction because he never runs out of word. No action of his has fallen short of the ideal. This man alone never made a false step, never struck a jarring note. His mind never thought on things it shouldn't. His hands never touched or handled anything that they should not have. His feet never took him somewhere he ought not be. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm trying to tell you. If you're in love with him, that standard needs to exist in your life. You ought never speak words that should not be spoken. You should never touch things that should not be touched. Your feet should never go places that they should not go. Somebody going to help me? Are you in love today? You see, if you're in love with something, despite uh, mistakes and downfallings, there'll be something that says, I know it might not have been right, uh, but I'm going to return to it because I love it. It's what he did. The Bible said, while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Let me just talk to every married couple in here today. If Jesus, if Jesus loved like that, he said of you and me that are married, he said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. You know what that means? If I mess up, he loved me anyway. If I messed up, he restored me anyway. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help somebody. Are you in love? If you're in love, stay attached to the lover of your soul. Right. 
Socrates taught for 40 years. Plato for 50. Aristotle for 40. And Jesus for only three. Yet the influence of that three-year ministry infinitely transcends the impact left from the 130 years of teaching from those men who were some of the greatest philosophers of all time. Jesus painted no pictures, yet we find of Jesus that those that were some of the greatest artists in the world used him as inspiration for their paintings. I want to tell you today that Jesus Christ is the perfect ideal. Jesus wrote no poetry, but Dante and Milton and scores of the greatest poets in the world were inspired by him. He composed no music, but Haydn and Handel, Beethoven, Bach, and Mendelssohn reached their highest perfection of melody in writing the hymns about him. Can you imagine the number of words it takes, it took to write a 33, 30 volume set of the Encyclopedia Britannica? It must be an awesome number. But even more amazing than that is that only, they did it with only 26 different letters. The authors didn't have to go outside the alphabet to assemble that massive collection of knowledge. Watch here. It provided everything they needed for this one task. But Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. Jesus said, you don't need anything else or anybody else if you'll fall in love with me because I've got everything you need. I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm beginning and, oh, but let me tell you something greater than that. He said, I know the end from the beginning. Ah, oh, your story may be started, but you don't know how it's going to turn out. But the lover of your soul knows exactly how it's going to turn out. Jesus, he's the great shepherd who understands. Are you lonely? He's the one who walked the wine press alone. Are you weeping over the betrayal of friends? He had one friend betray him and another deny him. Are you brokenhearted? He understands how we feel. You may feel God is so vague this morning. You only need to understand Him. He died for us. He came to bring an at-one-ment, an atonement. For what? To put man back on speaking terms with God. I'm in love because I was separated from the only thing that could save me. And Jesus robed himself in flesh and became God manifested in the flesh and became the perfect sacrifice, the lamb for sinners slain. At one time, the potential for me to be able to go to God in prayer was gone. But Jesus said, I'm coming down there and I'm going to fix this. 
There's not a man anywhere that can do it, but I'll do it. And the Bible said his own arm brought salvation. And today I can go into the holy of holies and there meet the one that I'm in love with. The shepherd, the shepherd had to elevate the Shulamite. You can find it in chapter 2 and verse 4. I I won't go there. It's what Jesus did for you and me on Calvary. He died. He made a sacrifice of himself. He died. He went to the mercy seat for the world but found none for himself He died, and the agonies he endured, we deserved. How can you reject that? How can you walk away from that? How can you consider cheating on God? can you consider finding something else to take his place he died he suffered he gave why because he loved you He died in the agonies he endured we should have had. The old song said, I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. He died and the wages of sin that were paid to him He never earned. They were your wages. They were your sins. He died and paid the price. He died to provide that which we never deserved. The gift of eternal life. Watch what he does. He loves us enough to die to give us the opportunity for an eternal relationship. It's much like the word of God teaches us about marriage. I know it's not popular, but it's the word. One man, one woman for life. It's the word of God. God robed himself in flesh and said, I'm going to make it so that my relationship with my bride will not just be temporary, but it will be eternal. Our emblem this morning is not a cradle. Or a scepter. Or a crown. Our emblem this morning is a cross. So we have the shepherd. Professing his love. Making provision to lift this woman who has lost her estate. He wanted to lift her. I need to tell you today, if you're not saved, he wants to save you. And then something happens. Acts, act two, the departure of the shepherd. The shepherd leaves. He doesn't want to go, but he must. 
he returns. To knock on the door. His voice is not recognized. By the time the Shulamite woman comes to the door, he's gone. But there's a lingering fragrance. The Shulamite woman realizes who it was and goes into the streets. Have you seen my beloved? The question comes. Why is he so important to you? The Shulamite says he's the fairest among 10,000. He is altogether lovely. Oh, hear me today. Jesus died and was resurrected. He made a brief appearance, knocked on the door as it were. Then he had to go away. He didn't want to go away, but it was necessary. And... There's a man in the airport who was obviously saying goodbye to his sweetheart. He didn't want to leave, but he had to. And he kept returning to her until finally he would have missed his plane. Jesus didn't want to go, but he had to. But even though he left, he told his disciples, he said, here, let me leave you something. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. He said, I'm going to leave you the fragrance. I'm going to leave you the fragrance of my spirit. And everywhere you go, God help me, I feel him right now. Everywhere you go, you'll sense his presence. You'll smell and know that you are in his presence by his spirit. I know you're going to think this weird, but I just got a really good whiff of Jesus. <sighs> Smells like incense. Hayana Masata. Oh, he's in this place right now and he's trying to tell somebody, I love you more. I love you enough. I care for you enough. If you'll just trust me, I'll get you through this. I'm hurrying. He said, I'll leave you my presence. What do we have to do in return? Years ago, a family wanted to adopt a little girl. And they said to her, if you'll come live with us, be our little girl, you'll have a nice room, you'll have toys. She asked, what do I have to do in return? They hugged her and said, you only have to love us. All the Lord wants is for us to love him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. Watch me. And if we love him, we'll pray, we'll fast, we'll live a holy life, we'll witness. Come on, somebody. We're living, we're living in the interval between his going and his coming. And he said, occupy yourself with my work until I come. If we love him, we will praise him. Watch me here. I'm about to delve off into some pastor stuff. If we love him, nobody will have to tell us to do what we know to do. Listen, listen to me. I, I, okay, I'm going back into bishop mode now. 
Listen to me right here. If we have to drag you across the finish line, you're not going to make it. If somebody has to tell you you need to pray, somebody has to tell you you need to be in the prayer room, somebody has to tell you you need to be in the sanctuary, you got a love problem. Come on now. I want you to understand something right now. The Lord said, I'm going away. But somebody answer that. Maybe that's him. I'm going away. But I'm telling you, I'm coming back. See, that don't even excite some of you. But but, but watch this. If you have grandchildren, you'll understand when I say it's always pleasant to set forth the praises of someone you love. If you, if someone asks you for pictures, you open up a book and the photos stretch all the way to the floor. Not now, you can just put them in a file. The Shulamite woman set forth the praises of her shepherd. She said, he's altogether lovely. Fairest among 10,000. From one end to the other, the Bible is a handbook of praise for the one we love. If you love him, nobody ought to have to take your hands and raise them to praise him. If you love him... Nobody ought to have to tell you to clap your hands to praise Him. If you love Him, nobody ought to have to tell you you ought to lift your voice. There ought to be something that says, uh, that's my husband. I'm his bride. And I'm going to praise Him until He comes to get me. Watch this. Come here, Shadow. Stay beside me right here. Don't leave me. Jesus said, Lo. One step. I said, Don't leave me. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end. Of the world. Now wait a minute. I'm going through some stuff. He's still right there. Shoulder to shoulder. He's walking with you. I know you might feel alone right now. But he said I won't leave you. I won't forsake I won't come on, don't leave me now. I won't forsake you. I loved you enough. I cared for you enough. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, we'll get through it. Just don't separate from me, and I won't separate from you. Let's let our love for one another, let's let our love for each other, let it drive us to make it through this journey. And on the other side, you could give me praise. You can give me glory. You can give me honor because I told you I love you and I want you to love me. Stand with me. I'll go with you no matter how steep the way. I'll go with you no matter how deep the water. It will not overflow you. No matter what you're going through, the load has gotten heavy. The road has gotten steep. The water has gotten deep. The furnace has gotten hot. But I tell you, he's been there all the time. And I close with this, and we're going to come pray. The Shulamite woman is summoned to the palace to marry King Solomon. She said, I don't want to marry the king. 
I want to marry the shepherd. You see, she looks up and sees the king. And she realizes that the shepherd and the king are the same person. The whole song, I started out the song of songs, which is Solomon. Solomon's courtship of true love. I need to tell you that Jesus is anxious to come, but it's got to be in the fullness of time. The New Testament writers speak of his soon return, or he said, I will come quickly. And it seems as though that they had expectation of him returning in their time, but he didn't come yet. But it's kind of like a, a voicemail on your phone I'm away at the moment but I will return soon the same message is used whether I expect to be gone two minutes or two weeks for the very simple reason that I want to encourage the person that's calling me without revealing exactly how long I'll be gone because you see if it's important enough they'll leave a message it was important enough that he left a message he said behold I come quickly when is that preacher I don't know you might not make it back here tonight but you better be sure that you're in love with the shepherd. I said you better be sure that your love with the shepherd is where it needs to be right now. I'm calling every child of God, every sinner, saint, backslider, whoever you are, I'm asking you to come and answer the question, are you in love? Are you in love? Are you in love? That same Jesus whom you see go away will come again. He's on his way back. He's looking for somebody that's in love with him today. Come on, would you just renew your love for him right now? Would you just renew your love for him?